right. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode. Yes, another episode of the Black Man's Heart Podcast. This is your host, Barry Graves. And uh, today we have a special show. And uh, again, I know I say that all the time, but you know what? That just means every time I bring y'all a special episode, man, love it or leave it. I know you're going to love it because you come here all the time. So today is no different. We got a special episode today. Um, A lot of times, like when y'all hear about Tom, you'll hear, you'll hear, you'll hear about Jerry. When you hear about um, um, uh, Martin, you'll hear about Jesse. When you hear about uh, um, Huey, you'll hear about um, um, uh, Bobby. You know, so it was no different with me growing up. When you hear about me, you heard about him. And if you heard about him, then somebody was asking about me. So today on today's show, we got somebody that I grew up with. Somebody that uh, I met when I was about eight years old. Been knowing him ever since. Godfather to my firstborn. I'm godfather to his firstborn. Uh, it, 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 this, this dude is uh, uh, a retired, not retired, a, uh, uh, a veteran of the Navy. Um, this brother played football. This brother has done some crazy things and lived to tell about it. So we're going to talk about all of that and get into it today. Welcome to the show, y'all. My brother Alvin, what's going on, man? What's up with it, Big Bay? Man, finally got you on the show. Finally got yes, you sir. on the show. Yes, sir. Hey, man, so me and you know each other. And I brought you on here, man, because your story is something that, like, you can't make up. You know what I mean? Like, your story is something that people could write a movie on and you would need a part two on it or you would need a, a sequel to it some kind of way it would have to be a mini series because you go from an almost inescapable childhood to an almost inescapable uh, uh, adolescence period teenage period to an even more <laughs> almost inescapable <laughs> adult life. It's like, damn, when, yeah. when, when is this dude, with, like, where are the breaks? So tell everybody, man, where, where are you from? Where you come from? Where Who, who are you? Man, I was born and raised San Francisco, California, back and forth from West Oakland to, to the city. Uh, got a lot of family. My family, father's side of my family, from Oakland. Mom's side from the city. So as a youngster, I used to have to go from back and forth from the Acorn Projects Damn. when I'm with Pop to OC and Filmo when I'm with Mom. <laughs> now, now, my <laughs> Hold up, pause real quick. Pause real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> for, for everybody that don't know, first of all, shout out to the town. Shout out to Frisco. For everybody that don't know, at at this time, what 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 around what time was this? What year? This was uh from I guess I would say from eighty two to eighty. 
87. 86. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah you in the shit. Oh, yeah, you in the shit. You in the shit, for real. So, yeah. about Felix Mitchell, you talking about the, some of the hardest in Cali, on the West Coast, live right here in this little area. Then you go to Phil, one of the hardest areas in the West, on the West. I mean, shout out to LA, Compton, uh, South areas, but you got yeah. a couple of, a few places that it's like, all right, man, you need a pass or you're going to have to know. You know, you know, they made, they made, man, Frisco used to be the, the, uh, the Harlem of the West Coast. Exactly. Talk about it. Talk about it. You know that. So, my bad, I, I interrupted you. So you're going back and forth at this time between Miles and Pop. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, uh, mind you, this whole time, I'm not even from Field Mother. <laughs> I ain't even from, you feel me? I'm not from the West or nothing. I'm I'm from Lakeview, though. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we were, at that age, it was a, we getting them up every day. You know, you see, a, you see a kid, you know, you feel me? He ain't from the hood. You getting them up, no awesome. matter what. Yeah, you feel me? That's how I was back in them days. Uh, walking to the store, walking to school, walking home from school. Yeah, it's on site. You know, waiting at the bus stop. You gonna get them up? <laughs> <laughs> you, you better, get, you better, you better get on and up. You better too. win, and you better win. Yeah. You better you win got, or hit back. Hey, you, you ain't even got to win. But if you don't get them up, <laughs> next time you come question. back, they going to stay on you. That was the one question. What did you do? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I got them up. A couple of times I had to. couple of times, matter of fact, I remember after we moved from Fillmore, we had moved to, uh, we'll stand on, uh, on Northridge by Harbor. And um, you know, I used to go to Lakeview every day. Man, it was the same time you were staying on Kiska, or uh, a little, a little before. I hey, used to go to y'all were hood hopping for, <laughs> and that's that's basically all it was because in Frisco, the black neighborhoods were were. So if you lived in a black neighborhood, you either lived in Fillmore, Lakeview. Sunnydale, uh, Hunters Point, um, uh, Valencia, or Sunnydale, Sunnydale, and, and Patrell Hill. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Patrell yep. Hill. And and so, like I said, if you're going to school on another in another turf on another turf, and the kids know, hey, he ain't from where you from? You from Lakeview? Bow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like right, that in elementary school, man. <laughs> yeah, elementary, bro. I'll tell you, I was in the third grade, bro. And man, you know how the 54 used to go down Northridge and go to the bottom and then come around and then you feel yep, me? Go yep. to the hill. But you yep. know how you could go through the projects, right? You cut through. Man. All right, they cut tried to one. get up on me. They tried to get on me. It was three of them. They tried to get on me, right? Where you find I'm, 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 I'm ignoring them. I'm like, 
Man, hey, you good for that shit. <laughs> I seen a, hey, you already know. <laughs> I seen a bus coming down. I'm like, all right, I'ma let it pass. But I know when it go down the hill, it's gonna come back up on the other side. So I waited for a second. It came up. I seen it turn. Man, fired on one of them. <laughs> it broke, broke up the other side through the project's house on the bus. It was gone. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> <laughs> right, I had to deal with them niggas every day too after that. <laughs> uh, shout out to HP. Hey, Amen. But so, you know, you know that was fun back in the day because that's what it was about. It wasn't. It was, we wasn't worried about like shooting nobody or nothing. You know, you get them up, you get them up, man. You get them up, and then most of the time afterwards, you end up being cool with the people. Yeah, end up being your best friend. Never know. Shout out to uh, JB from Lakeview. Uh, me and him met through George. And shout out to my boy George. Uh, we uh, across the street from each other on So he's on, I'm on the other side, and we're just picking up dirt on each other. And you know, when the dirt rocks hit you, they just, so I, bro, I picked up. And he was bending down looking for one. And I was like, as soon as he stand, as soon as he, he was trying to, he was trying to, he was trying to, you know how you like step, he was sidestepping, and I just zero zeroed <laughs> in on that forehead boy and it and it kinked it. Bow! But it didn't. It went bow. <laughs> and I was like, and he he was like, ah! Started running up and down in place, ran in the house. Man, I was scared as hell. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, hey, George was though. Hey, George was a sad when he was a youngster too. That was my father. That nigga was wild. So look, so JB runs in the house crying. I run in the house because I'm scared. Come to find so out, talking about JB? Okay. Yeah, yeah. JB so, was too. JB was a super sad boy. He, yeah. He, he, thing about JB, he was shorter than all of us, right? Yes. So, uh, a, a few days later, I'm walking home from school, and I gotta pass his house on a dead end to get to my house on, on Orizaba. And um, I'm walking, I see a black uh, Trans Am outside, and a dude is sitting in the car. JB gets out the car, and I'm like, what's up, JB? <laughs> <laughs> And he had a bandage on his head. And he looked back at his uncle. His uncle was fat dude sitting in the, and he was like, and his uncle nodded his head. And JB just bow just hit me in my stomach. Hell, I don't know why everybody used to punch me in my stomach, blood. I, I think it was, that was the I'm biggest target. Yeah. That was the biggest target. <laughs> punched me in my stomach. So then I, I almost buckled and I didn't know how to fight. So I went to I went to uh Wilma's house, shout out to Wilma. Uh and George was there. <laughs> and so he was like, he was like, man, what's wrong with you? Cause I'm down there in tears, boy. And uh he was like, man, what happened to you? I said, man, JB punched me in my stomach. He was like, what? I was like, come on, let's go outside. <laughs> so we go outside. <laughs> JB ain't around though. So we waiting. Later on, JB comes looking to play, like looking to kick. He's like, what's up, George? He was like, yeah, 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 what's up? 
hey, so so you punched Barry, huh? He was like, no, nah, no, nah. he had punched me in my stomach. George, he had. <laughs> <laughs> George took off on him for me, bro. Hey, hey, this is the thing. I bring this up, bro, because as kids, we had politics. And I wasn't aware of those politics, being that I wasn't from the city. You know what I'm saying? I, I had learned when I got to the city in the like, first grade, like, all right, this is this is how this happens. You, you know what I'm saying? You got to fall in line or something or or not play with these dudes. You got to fall in line. And that's isn't in life. Did you ever experience anything like that? Like when you get to a school as a leader, uh, came to the school or something? Yeah, man, you know, uh, when uh, I first transferred to uh, what, Sheridan, I first transferred there, right? And uh, I'm gonna tell you, oh, you know, I was a little dude, you feel me? Third grade, let's transfer it over there. Like, okay, okay. I'm like, you know, the school, that's right on the turf. You feel me? Cause I got my cousin right there across the street oh. at the liquor store selling dope, you feel me? Right across the street from this elementary school, y'all, is a liquor store. Right across the street from the liquors on the four square intersection is the park. The park is a, it fills up a whole city block. Nothing but, it's a park and a gym. At that park was where everybody sold dope. Yeah. Shot dice, where where turf fights, what happened, everything went down at the park. My bad, go ahead. Just gotta give everybody a backstory on what we're seeing and what we're talking about at this time. Ocean View Park, man. Yeah, so yeah. First thing I said, cause I, I man, I don't know, I was a high head. You feel me? At that age. So first thing I was I said, and mind you, I'm in third grade. <laughs> Who the king of the school? <laughs> I that's all I wanted to know. Who the king of the school? You coming in on some prison shit in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Hey, I might be down in the shortest dude in the school too. I'm like, who the king of the school? <laughs> like, I found out who the king of the school was. We in the lunch line, he hella bigger than me too. Who was it? We in the, uh, we in the lunch line. We didn't have no cafeteria. We used to eat outside, so we in the line. I ran up and booted him like we was playing kickball. Kicked him in the back of his ass. Who was yeah. it? Who, who, who was the king of the school? <laughs> <laughs> I all know, bro. I forgot. I forgot. Hey, we gonna bring him on a podcast. Oh, no. Matter of fact, nah, yeah. So look, after that, right, man, uh, uh, he chased me around for hell alone. Around that whole, I wasn't finna fight him. He was too big, bro. He chased me around that whole. The whole recess, he was hunting me down. You feel me? <laughs> Your head so then, swivel. Yeah, so then I did. Uh, so then after that, I'm like, damn, he on me. What, what should I do? So after that, I uh, I told my cousin used to holler at the uh, the uh, yard uh, girl, the monitor or whatever, the little security guard. <laughs> so I told her to tell my cousin to come here so she go get my cousin. I tell him I'm acting like like dude fucking with me. I'm getting bullied really but I'm starting hella shit. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> bro, at the school, let on at the school, you feel me? My big homies, though, you feel me? At the time, you feel me? We still, we all youngsters, though, but that was, that was my big homies. They, you feel me? Got a couple of years on me. Fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Nah, they, I think they was like in a seventh. Hey. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hot. It was, guess who it was? Who? It was uh, Quinn and uh, Selsky. Barry Area legends right now. Shout out to <laughs> Sam Quinn. Shout out to Selsky. Bay Area le- rap legends. It, it was Bay them, Area. It was them two and uh, 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 Tommy. Tommy Hatfield. Rest you in peace. Me? Shout out to Tommy Hatfield. Yeah, I rest a, in peace. I got a few Tommy Hatfield stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, can you feel me? <laughs> so, I got a few Tommy stories, man. Go ahead, though. Yeah, after that, man, it, they uh, they hemmed him up. You feel me? Like hemmed him up. Do you feel me? After that, it was it was cool. I it was a, it was I, I had a ball. No more problems. So <laughs> so growing up, bro, like where are is your art? You mentioned that your mom's was in one place and your pops was in another. Did you were you and your pops real tight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of dude? What kind of man was your pops? Man, pops was a, 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 a stand-up guy. You feel me? He was, he was a pimp too at the same time. But he he was uh, he always looked out for his family and everything. You mm. feel me? And then uh, uh, it was a fortunate situation when I was eleven. Um, he passed away. You feel me? Somebody, uh, he got murdered in Oakland. Mm. Rest in peace. Hey, yeah. did that at the time? You say you were eleven. Yeah. Um, at the time, how did that impact you? Like, did that have an immediate? Like, did you change after that? Uh, no, I wouldn't say I changed. Well, I mean. No, nah, not really, because I didn't even know who I was at that time. You feel me? I was so young. But uh, I would say it stored a lot of anger. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? It stored a lot of anger in my heart. Right, 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 right. Yeah, just going through that, that whole thing. Do you think it would have been like some of the things you experienced would have been different if he was still around? Oh, yeah, for sure, certainly. Like, was, like in a more protective way, or, or just like you know, you wouldn't have had to deal with certain things. Just, just, just the advice and the uh, influence on being a man and having to deal with the things you have to deal with when you become, you feel me, of age. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as advice on women, you feel me? Advice on, you know, you, you know, just advice on, on life, period. Facts. Advice on, man, that's crazy that you bring that up because I was thinking that, you know, even if you have male role models or male figures around you that aren't your father, nobody can, nobody really knows you like your father knows you. Nobody really can push you or test you 
to you the best of your ability like somebody that created you you know what right. i mean it, it, so 11 damn so me and you met around eight when we were like eight it was like eight nine eight yep I so y'all i remember I, t- I showed you how to make oatmeal so y'all dig right <laughs> so uh my cousin Didi and his cousin Derek hooked up had a baby little Steve shout out to our family when my cousin came home from the hospital she went to my our auntie Sharon's house that's my our cousin Derek's mom shout out to auntie Sharon now I get out of school I go to Jose Ortega Jose Ortega and Sheridan where he goes we're rivals in kickball and everything else. Pretty much, even though we're on the same turf, we're in Lakeview. If you go to Sheridan, it's on site like you was like you were from another turf. How he was explaining earlier, that's the that's how serious it was between them. It's like the A's and the Giants or the Niners and the Raiders, more specifically. Anyway, I'm getting out of school. And my mother is like, hey, we're going to go over <laughs> and see your cousin. And um, so we pull up and she's like, oh, yeah, uh, 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 there's a little boy in there that uh, Dee was telling me about, about your age. Y'all could probably be friends. And I'm like, nah, whatever. You know, thinking in my head, ah, whatever. Yeah. Going in the house <clears throat> and he's in the kitchen by himself at the oven at the stove cooking blew my mind because i couldn't even go in the kitchen like that with authority he's standing and cooking over a hot pot stirring something and he's like hey you want some and i'm still my, my, in my mind i can't i'm still paused in my mind because i can't figure out why is he in the kitchen cooking? <laughs> who why is he in the kitchen cooking you know what I mean? At eight years old, this is killing me right now. I'm like, nah, I'm cool. And I just kind of slowly walked by, still looking at you. <laughs> and I went to go see the baby. Bruh, it was crazy, man, that you had that kind of... And it was like you were more advanced. It seemed like more advanced in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of like... It's, it's understandable that you would think that because a kid, a kid ain't really supposed to be doing that, but mind you, right, through these times, the things that I'm going through at that age is like way different, you feel me? Because moms, you know, that was that dope era. You feel me? Moms moms was kind of on her shit and then pops way out there on the other side and it was like, man, you better... You better figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You better figure it out. And that and at that age too, like bro, I used to have microwaves and stuff like that. Like that. Nah, yeah, nah, it wasn't none of that. Man, at that age too, on top of that, you feel me? I was man, I'll be at I'll be at the port. I'm playing football with with about a half an ounce in my in my drawers, in my (laughs) dinatinas. You feel me? What? Yeah. At what age? From seven to like, I would say ten. Damn. Seven to ten. So you, so look, bro. No, so, seven to eleven. Uh, back in the day, I did a um an engagement with a uh, child soldier from Africa. I mean, uh, well, he was 
he was a man, but he was a child soldier. He escaped and then became somebody that advocated for kids that were being forced into rebel armies and shit. Anyway, <clears throat> he was from Sierra Leone. And we were talking about the correlation between child soldiers in Africa and what children, black children go through here in the United States. That is the equivalent of almost being like a child soldier kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like you're doing adult shit, illegal adult shit, gangster, illegal adult <laughs> shit as a kid. You know what I'm saying? That's like, so my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Nah, nah. I'm, I'm listening. That's crazy. Yeah. You're right. Because, man, I was, it, it was, that's the only time I, I ever had a few dollars in my pocket. You feel me? As, as being young, you feel me? I wasn't giving it. it, was, it was, I had to earn it <laughs> some kind of way. <laughs> Damn, that's Chrissy. You were hustling in elementary school, fam, and Bruh. cooking oatmeal by yourself. What? Bruh, I that's go what outside. I'm talking about. We you will. got the kind of life you. Even if you were to see this in a movie, you would be like, "Oh, that's just that kid. That's just his life." That's just it. And it might be a few kids that live like that. It's such a shame. But to know that a lot of kids went through what you went through. But yeah. you probably just don't hear their stories. Yeah, that's that era, man. Man, I go outside. When we were standing on Mount Vernon, I used to wait for the school bus, right? Right. I went, man, waiting on the school bus. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, damn. Is my cousins going to pull up? You feel me? Yeah. And showing up like a couple of times out the week, cuz pull up, like, what's up, you wanna make some money? Come on. You feel me? Yeah. Hop in the, hop in the lack, <laughs> been in cause we hit the park. You right. feel me? And you feel yeah. like, like a superstar. Nah, I wasn't even worried about being no superstar, man. I'm trying to eat. Oh, you wasn't like sitting in the front seat feeling like the man? Like anytime nah, I sat in the not front at seat. That age. Hey, at that age, I'm thinking about having fun. I'm thinking about trying to eat. And that's about it. I ain't even worried about being no superstar. Cause you feel me? It was it. I don't know. I wasn't worried about that. Damn, that's crazy. So I didn't worry about that till like around I didn't worry about that till like around late junior high school and high school. So your mind was on survival. Yeah, you feel me? Cause I, I didn't, I, it wasn't, it wasn't, I never, I didn't have no stable household or nothing. I wasn't Damn, in no stable household. At the time, so in this era, this this 80s, the crack era, um, yeah. we saw a lot of kids, like people are, kids our age, um, that, you know, we were going to school, to, going to school with and everything that were that had crazy home lives and everything too and somehow or another we became like uh it so i have this this thing where it's like young boys without fathers or that are missing something in their home life we kind of look for it amongst each other like there'll be a father figure among us a leader among us there'll be uh uh, uh somebody that we got to look out for among us like a little brother or something like that and it's like but we're all boys is this is this the kind of thing that you came like did you come across this kind of thing growing up where it's like a pecking order 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, where, where, and where did you fit in and all of that? I would, I, as far as when I was young. Yeah, like growing up, like say like around middle school, coming up in middle school, or, or let's say around the time that your father passed, like around that time, where were you socially as a kid? Cause that's a lot for, that's a lot of shit for a kid to deal with. So like socially, how are you? Like, where are you at in the pecking order? Yeah, socially, I wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking, I don't know, bro. I, I wouldn't, I would say, bro, I was just out there. I wasn't even thinking about where I fit. I, I was thinking like, I, you know, I wanted, man, I used to have holes in my motherfucking shoes and in my pants, you feel me? So as far as like my peers, a lot of them had the same thing too, you feel me? Cause they were dealing with the same thing, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, man, and then, uh, you feel me? Fortunately, I had my cousins looking out for me. They, cause after my father passed, you know, they they really became father figures to me. They started giving me that advice that I was missing. You feel me and all that. They, they started looking out for me, making sure I'm going to school, getting good grades and everything. And then once, once um, I realized what I wanted in life, you feel me? And we, you know, I set them goals, and they, they, they supported them goals and made sure I was on the straight path. Mm. And how, how, how much older were they than you? Uh, ten years. Damn. So they were young too. That's like 21, yeah. 21, 22. Uh, that's, that's, that's young. Damn. And see, that's what I'm talking about, man. Like we, when we, when we had these, I mean, th this is your blood and they're stepping up at this young age to make have what you need. You and your sister, cause you had a little sister at the time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so, so around the time me and you met, man, this is where a lot of shit is gonna start. Like, like um, I could chime in on some of this stuff too, man, because after we first met, we were together almost every weekend. Like they were bringing you over because Derek and Didi, our cousins, uh, were staying with us uh, at Hunter's Point at the time. And so you would be coming over all the time. And so then yeah. it became a thing like, well, B, you don't got nobody your age to kick it with. He don't. <laughs> he over there. Why don't y'all just kick it over here? And so we started kicking it every weekend, bruh. I can't tell you how cool it was to be able to to do brother shit with somebody that that was like that was like kind of like me, where it's like, man. It's like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night on a Saturday. Let's sneak out the house. It's like, man, yeah. I always wanted to do that shit. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> like, nigga, let's go. We let's out. go. We <laughs> out. <laughs> at like nine years old. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, but what what was what's going on with you around like, you know what I'm saying, high school, like high school age, and what kind of moves are what is your life looking like? What do you What do you want for yourself? Like you know what I'm saying? What's What's up with you around that time? 
man, in high school, now that's when I was worried about the social, you feel me, everything, you know what I'm saying? In high school, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get my, I'm trying to get my willy wet, man. You feel me? <laughs> so I'm, now I'm, now I'm really worried about how I dress, man. I need, I need, I, I can't, I can't wear no, no, uh, no, uh, uh, what you call it? Matter of no fact, I was like that. Yeah, I was like that in, uh, in, uh, in junior high. You feel me? Cause it was like that's when this year, that's when the capping is going on and all that. Everybody. Hey yo, just hold up, pause real quick. We went to school with some legends. So I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna front. Everybody that was that we went to school with in the whole city, in the whole Bay Area, as a matter of fact, some some legends that you hear about now, some of your favorite singers, um, actors are in school with us at this time. So when you go to school, it's a fashion show. And if you're not a part of the fashion show, you better have another tool in your belt to deal with whatever's gonna come at you that day. So you better either better know, we call it capping. Some of y'all call it snapping, playing the dozens, bagging. whatever. Bagging, whatever. We call it capping. So you better know how to cap good, fight good. Um, you better have some money. If you can't dress good, you better have some money, something. You better buy a chocolate milk and lunch to keep somebody from saying you broke. Something. Yeah, all the shit. All of it. But all bro, the my shit. bad. <laughs> like I said, it's politics, man. We you got to get the swag right, man. You ain't got, you ain't get no drip on your drip on again, having no swag. They coming at you. Yep, for the girls that didn't have no hair on Monday and came to school Thursday with some hair, better not be stinking by Friday. Uh, <laughs> hey, remember what was crazy? Remember this? This used to be crazy. Now, this show you how different the time was back then, and, and where our minds was at. We was we you would get bagged on for having extensions and shit. Yeah, yeah, you really yeah. If you didn't have natural hair, you you would get talked crazy about mm -hmm. more quicker than a, a girl that had short hair and had the burns on the back of her neck like it was looking cool. You would yeah, be talked about quicker than her. You feel me? We, 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 we was raised, we wanted that natural. We want that the, natural. With the bamboo earrings, at least two pair. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, um, uh, high school, man, I remember going up to the bar station because uh, you were going to Westmore. I was going to Lincoln. And um, there was the Daily City Bar Station that people that were going to high school in that area would go to after school because they lived either in Daily City or some other part. And that's where a lot of the buses went to. So yeah. after school, it would be nothing to have like two, 300 young people just going wild in the terminals. Just going wild. Yeah. I'm talking about it looked like a block party every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you had, you had uh 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 females from that school beefing with females from the other school, and mostly it was the females that would fight. It, it would be mostly the girls that would fight. Rarely would you see dudes fight because right. it was like a party atmosphere. Everything of the night going. 
right now. You know what I mean? I see you still got the <laughs> with the numbers on the top and the orange button. <laughs> I looked though, right? So yeah, my bad. Hey, so uh no, you good. That that was that was my thing too, you feel me? At the school, I'm going, I'm I'm going, I need to get on that 54. You feel me? I'm going straight to the third. I'm finna go hoop, kick it with my partner, shoot some dice, and do whatever, you feel me? So yeah, we used to we used to run into all that at that bar station. Man, you coming towards the end of high school, or yeah, 17 years old, 18, you coming towards the end of high school. What are you looking at? Like what what's what's your future looking like at that point? Uh in high school, I kind of was, I kind of was fucking up a little, so like I could never stay. I couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't have my grades right as far as as far as playing football and basketball. I, like it would be off and on. I'd be able to play for a couple of games or something, and then. And then the grades Next come thing out. You know I can't hear it. And the grades come out, <laughs> and I'm just so like, you feel me? Yeah. And it was like, it was like, <laughs> I used to get it. Like, how the, how is you failing PE? <laughs> and shit, I wasn't there. <laughs> we had, we had, you used to have a little, a few little, a uh, few little brothers. You stay like right by the school. So, you know, we used to go leave campus. We at their house, you know. Right. Trying to sell my house, man, you know, but, and then that, that kind of like, that kind of like threw me off. I wasn't keeping my mind on them books. Mm. <laughs> so your options are limited. Yeah, so, so what I eventually, uh, end up doing, I end up uh I end up uh joining the Navy. End up going to the military. And the recruiter got my ear like, yeah, you can go here, go here and do this, do that. And Man, those recruiters are like Jehovah Witnesses, blood. They them motherfuckers they'll come up to your school, to your house, to your you be like, oh, they I'm work. At the mall. How did you even find me here? They oh, were brother. How are you, good brother? <laughs> they were. So imagine, imagine a Jehovah Witness as a car salesman. <laughs> you know they gonna act like they know you and everything. <laughs> they showed up at the house one time, like, yeah, hey, what's up? Look, where are we at? Like, damn. <laughs> yeah. My my auntie, like Auntie Sharon, she like, she Shout like, oh, one of your, your friend here. <laughs> I'm like my friend. Who? Man, I got look. It's the it's the recruiter. Like, yeah, remember, remember this. Remember that you're supposed to. We go. What? Damn. She said your friend yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was really my partner or something. Oh man, what was the Navy like? What was boot camp like? Oh, boot camp was hella fun because I was in shape. Already, I wasn't sweating. The, it wasn't hard work for me. It was just, you know, discipline. You learn how to how to get discipline. You know, waking up early in the morning and making sure your 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 bed straight, no wrinkles, and making sure your shoes shine, making sure not a piece of thread is hanging out your clothes. You know, everything shaved, everything. Mm. And uh, 
yeah, that's it was fun to me. Damn. It was fun. <laughs> was it was that like a structure that like you were cool with? Like, like uh, was it like something like having hella rules and following order and things like that? Was that something new? Nah, it wasn't new. It wasn't new. You know, we 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 already had, you know, you know how our family is, bro. You know. Right, right. You, you ain't you ain't gonna act out of line out of pocket. You ain't gonna do nothing you ain't supposed to be doing. Right. At least if you're gonna do it, you, you gotta sneak to do it. Right. <laughs> so all the all the all the shit I wasn't supposed to be doing up in there, I was too slick to get caught. Man, so <laughs> I don't know what the statute of limitations is. We gotta talk about that on the next show. What look, that? Into, look into that. But um Oh, I'll tell you, let me tell you this one thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when you first go to boot camp, right? No matter what you got, remember I used to have a long ass tail. I used to have my tail. I used to love my tail. So right. I had the tail. Oh, they 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 cutting everything off your head. You going bald. No, no fade, no lineup, no nothing. Just straight bald. Mm. You feel me? Nice. And and the first time we got the shop. And that motherfucker, me and my partner from Chicago, my partner, uh, his name was Michael Jackson, bro. <laughs> Real talk. No, no bullshit. You from the South Side. His name was Michael Jackson. Shout out South Side Shy. Yeah. And he got sent there. He got he really got sent there because he had uh it was either that or jail or some some old bullshit or something, right? So uh, he he really and he got his name changed to Michael Jackson. You feel me? So uh, we up in there. We like man. We seeing these these other girls in the in the in another division. Hold up, and we man. always doing <laughs> the on, same events. I got, I got hella questions. Hold on, pause. Real. I don't mean to cut you off. It's I good. Really want to hear this? All due respect. Did yeah. he sing too? Did he look like Michael Jackson? Did yeah, that nigga can sing like a motherfucker. Huh? Nah, but he, he can sing like a motherfucker, but he was blacker than a motherfucker, though. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look, he wasn't the white Michael Jackson, that was the black Michael Jackson. This <laughs> is Michael Jackson. All right, so we in that motherfucker, we like, all right, we like, damn, it's two bros that's always be together, and me and dude always, you feel me, doing our little shit together. So we like, we own them. They some bad ones, too. So we trying to get out and we like, okay, we finna be up with them next. Bro, we went to church to go do the singing. I can't sing worth a lick, bruh. <laughs> we go to church to go do the singing thing. We supposed to be singing like a little competition thing. We signed up just for that, just to get just close to them so we can holler at them. <laughs> you feel me? Y'all on some family matters. I can't sing, bruh. Hey, I was <laughs> lip singing like a motherfucker. <laughs> hey, right, so, y'all on some Cosby show shit yeah bro so, <laughs> so I'm like alright alright so the night before we had got the shop the day before so that night we had, we had bought some clippers and shit that night we go we cut each other up this is how I learned how to cut a little bit we fade each other and shit so the next morning for inspection that I guess the uh, the uh, commander seen that. They like, what the hell? They looking. They like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Man, we got fades and everything. Lights up. 
Like, you feel me? So they had you looking crazy on purpose, bro. So we got fades and everything. They're like, who did it? How, how did you, what, 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 what? I was like, I did this myself, sir. <laughs> you feel me, doing? You feel me? We ain't stitching on each other. So they end up, we end up in trouble. We up in trouble. They end up setting us back a week, right? And your exit so, date? Huh? Your exit date? No, yeah, yeah, that too. So they set us back a week. Right. So everything we doing, we got to do with the division that's behind us. And guess what the division behind us was? It was the female division with the bras we was trying to get at. So now we doing everything. <laughs> we having a ball though. But it, it was a cool experience though. It was a cool experience. Hey, so what kind of places? So after boot camp, did you go into war? Did you go into one of the war zones, or was it what kind? Of, what was it like after boot camp? Uh, at the boot camp, we got, I got leave for 30 days, came back home, you know, remember we kicked it and all that. Mm-hmm. Went in, we went in. <laughs> then hey, I had- so look, y'all, <laughs> this, this month, <laughs> he comes home from boot camp and, um, <laughs> I think I'm still in high school where I just got out of high school at this time and it's summertime. This fool comes back. He has the latest Griffies on with a Griffey jersey. He got gold on. I'm like, bro, you balling right now. Where can I sign up? <laughs> this dude talking with a Chicago accent. I'm like, man, you just different. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's something different about you now. What is it? Can't put my finger on it. And, um, so then I was like, man, I'm gonna sign up for the Navy too, right? So <laughs> I'm 18. I go to the Army and and I'm thinking, all right, I'm gonna get one of them cool ass recruiters like he did to take me to get sandwiches and stuff at Subway because Subway had just came out. And I go in there, get a cool ass recruiter for show and I take the ASVAB. He set me up for an appointment to take the ASVAB. I passed the ASVAT and he's, uh, he said, man, everything is looking good, man. Let's set up a date. Me and you could go out, hang out, get some sandwiches or something. I'm like, yeah, in my head, I'm thinking like it's working. It's working. I'm going to be in there. And, um, the day he came to my house, bro, no lie. He knocks on the door and, um, and he's like, yeah, man. So, uh, he's looking all down. Like, I'm like waiting to go get these sandwiches. I'm ready. And he's like, so yeah, man, uh, we went over your numbers and uh, yeah, your ASVAB was cool. There's no problems there, but uh, you're, you're, I don't know how to say it. You, uh, he stammered. He was like, you're, you're too big for the army and uh, you got to lose some weight. I said, what? What do you mean too big for the army? He was like, yeah, man, you're like uh, 30%. No, he said your, your body fat is 30% higher than what we would like it to be the fuck is body fat <laughs> damn I can't go into the army that was it <laughs> that was it you were like what the fuck is 30 how you get 30% what's, what's yeah. going on <laughs> I was like man I'm not about to lose weight to go to the army man I'm good I'm good I'll go to subway myself man I just like it <laughs> 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 not going 
fuck it. I was trying to go to the army just to just for the recruiting uh experience. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So back to you though, cuz when you came home, you had it looked like everything was going like like man, this dude's life is taking off. Then you leave again. Where did you go when you left? Alright, so after I left, I was uh I was scheduled to be stationed in Japan. So after, um, so when I left, I had to meet the ship. They were they was already uh, deployed. So I go to Japan and then end up getting on the ship to go to uh, Hong Kong. So I was out out there in Japan for like two years and went to the Gulf in the middle of that for like, uh, I would say about six months. What was it like being in Japan and Hong Kong, man, for two years? Coming yeah. from Frisco and going to Japan. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was it was a culture shock too, like way because when I went out there, I wasn't even I wasn't expecting it to be how it, how it was. It was I was expecting to see like rice fields and and people working in the rice fields with the you know with the hats on looking like Raiden and you know like, all that like the movies and shit. yeah you know cause you know we don't know nothing out here we don't know about the world we ain't seen the world or nothing yet right. so I get out there first thing I see I see the Yokohama uh, Bay Bridge it was, it was exact replica of the Bay Bridge that we had back in the day before they you know made the new one then they had, man, it was it was dope though. It was it was, they was way more developed than what we was at the time. I go out there, I'm seeing kid, mind you, leaving. We was still on pagers and all that. Right. I'm thinking, I'm like, man, my pager, I ain't got my pager. This this, this. man, they are, this kids on the trains with cell phones. What? Mind you, this is night. This year, mind you, this is nineteen ninety-seven, bruh. Before two ways, bruh. Night year before that, nineteen ninety-seven, bruh. They were they. It was kids on trains with cell phones. Kids walking around with cell phones. That's, That's the first crazy. time I seen it being on the train. I'm like, what? What the hell? And they, I remember they, you had one when you came home for uh uh. I- don't get me lying. Yeah. You yep. have, yeah, I remember you how I was like, what? Yeah. And they they wasn't they wasn't bro, it was they was dope too. They wasn't even, you feel me? It wasn't the big ones. It wasn't no big block phones, none of that. The little Nokia's or something. Yeah, it was better than the Nokia's. Damn, that's crazy. So you're out there in Japan. Is are you are you like um are you a unicorn? Somewhat, but not really. You feel me? Because being that it was a base right there, it's like it's a whole, it's a whole lot of niggas out. Right. We, it had been for years. Yeah. So it was. It was good, man. It was, man. Oh man, it's so. It, like I said, it was a culture shock because I'm thinking everything, everything that's shown to us out here is way different than what it actually is. It's an illusion. It's propaganda. They feed us propaganda all the time, bro. And I realized that seeing other parts of the world, they actually had a sign 
on one of they uh one of these bars uh it was saying no gaijin right and that mm-hmm. means no foreigners right mm-hmm. and so when me and my friends we we didn't know what it meant we didn't know the words yet so when, that's how i learned that word we go in there we asking them they showing us the sign they like they like it was my partner from uh texas and my other partner uh, but so we go in there we like what's uh they like okay what why why they thought uh this white dude was with us that sign really it was really no white people wow you feel me wow so it yeah culture shock for sure and then all the man they 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 loved us i mean it was it was fun it was peaceful you ain't got to worry about no drama no nothing it was fun i remember you telling me about the vending machines oh yeah they had alcohol in the vending machine crazy man <laughs> that's crazy so you're in the navy and your time gets cut short tell us about that all right um so i remember before i even left i remember seeing um seeing like hearing about the gulf war syndrome and all that right like uh anthrax i mean not anthrax but um the vaccine or something no 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 i'm gonna get into that it's kind of like all right so it was soldiers coming back they used to have the soldiers on talk shows on the news and all that talking about uh gulf war syndrome was it yeah i, I remember hearing what, what what is that exactly it's like a a form from what they say, a form of like PTSD. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But PTSD, okay. you get PTSD from just about anything. Yeah. You know I mean? Trauma related. So, but they call they had something called the Gulf War syndrome, right? Right. So, yeah, I guess it was a theory out there that it was a chemical agent in the air or something that made. Uh, the uh, uh, soldiers or whatever come back kind of fucked up in the head or whatever. I don't know. Mm. So when I go out there, mind you, we coming from Japan. We we going we on our way out there, and it's um uh they we we didn't get there yet. We 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 like about a month before we get there. They talking about giving us a vaccine, uh, anthrax vaccine, right? So I'm like, I'm like, okay, we need an anthrax vaccine for when we get there because it might be a chemical threat in the air. That's what they saying. But so by me, I'm doing the research on the vaccine. It was being protested by scientists. It also wasn't approved by the FDA. It was government wavered and you feel me all that. And the effects of the vaccine couldn't do nothing from to protect you from anthrax. The mm. whole reason for it was to preserve the fighting force for up to a minute later. So basically, you pumping whatever it is they giving you into your, your bloodstream system or whatever just to preserve the fighting force for a minute later. I'm like, so that's raising red flags. I, I really read on all of them. 
And then, um, of course. So I remember before we left to go out there, one of my partners from Alabama, he he came back. He was on a different ship. He came back. My partner Noble, he came back. And he kind of was fucked up. You feel me? Mm. And I'm thinking it was. I'm like, hold on, see, now this Gulf War syndrome and all this and all that, is it really that? Because if it was anthrax, they would have died, but they didn't die. They didn't die. So it probably was that, it's that shot that's fucking people up. And the side effects was because you could become sterile, involuntary twitching and all type of stuff. You feel me? Wow. So we get out there. I refused to take the shot the whole time. I refused to take the shot. I ended up uh, me and like seven other people uh, out of a ship with like 5,000 plus on it. And then, yeah, all type of stuff started happening. All kind of shady shit started happening after that. And I, we, we had a meeting with the Admiral and the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of the Navy and all that. And we came to him. We had a lawyer representing us and everything. And uh, it came to a point we asked him, well, oh, no. They asked us, well, what would it take to get y'all to take the shot? And we was like, our answer was, if you could give it to us and write that we won't suffer from such and such side effects. And they was like, well, we can't do that. Like, well... We can't take the shot. <laughs> we ain't gonna do it. We went down from there. We started getting all kind of threats. We we lost contact with our with our lawyer all of a sudden, and yeah, it just went crazy. And I ended up getting discharged from there. Y'all lost contact with the with the lawyer. Yeah, we couldn't. Wow. The, all of a sudden, he not the number was out of service, and he wasn't calling us. No email. Wow. Nothing. Wow. At this time, you're about what, 19, 20? Mm -hmm. 19. That's a lot for a young man to go through again, bro. So again, um, a lot of decisions, a lot of that, that can affect your life. You're, you're being faced with these decisions early, early, early. Um, right. And so you, you get discharged from the Navy. I'm guessing you come home like if I'm on the outside looking in and I see that a young man, 19 years old, uh, um, not dishonorably discharged, right? Right. So I think the honorable conditions. So I'm thinking if I'm on the outside looking in, young dude coming home, doesn't have a record, uh, just came home from the Navy. I'm thinking life is good for you after this. What's going, what happens after the Navy, like after you come home from the Navy, what's what's happening? So, so after that, I'm I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I ain't tripping. Everything good. Uh, I'm figure it out. And uh, uh, after that, what touchdown? Um, I'm I'm looking at it more such. Okay, I get to see my family. You know, my friends. So it's good, I ain't tripping. So yeah, I get home and 
everything good. I think you just came home at the same time, like, like I think about two weeks after you did. Yep. Yeah, so er- everything good. We we link it up, you know. <laughs> we, <laughs> we link it up, and I'm like, <laughs> my my uh, <laughs> man, my my man. I was on a whole nother level. I, man, I got a couple in Japan, a couple out here. I'm good. I got them everywhere. I got crazies. You feel me? <laughs> right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's nothing. You feel me? And we, uh, so we linking up, we kicking it. And um, I think we was on, it was me, you, D, and uh, it was me, you, and D, huh? I think it was me, you, and D. And we, uh, we doing what we what we do, you know what I'm saying? We having fun, we doing what we do. And in the middle of that, we getting to, uh, we get into some shit. Hold on, I need to pause real quick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, so when I get discharged, hop on a Greyhound from uh San Diego, get to the crib, get to the uh, Greyhound out here. Uh, Eric and uh Tommy Tommy Fast came pick. They picking me up. Rest in peace. Damn, boy. So yeah, so big cuz come pick me up from the ground. He in a vet, drop vet. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, you feel me? I'm feeling good. I'm like, okay. And uh, so as I hop in, cuz blast me, shoot me a fat ass pinky diamond ring. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, go kick it. <laughs> Do all kind of, you feel me? We go kick it. Matter of fact, that same night, we end up getting jacked and pulled over doing donuts. And, uh, man, so, man, that same night, I I got guns drawn on me. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, man. Yeah, I do feel you. Yeah, because I went yeah. through the same shit when you picked me up from the airport when I came home. Is that same right? Night. But I was like, man, please take me home. <laughs> I, I, I said, well, I got luggage in the in the trunk. Take me to the house now. <laughs> that wheel's going up. Turn it up, man. But yeah, so after that, you know, um, everything was cool. I got a little job real quick just so you feel me, keep some money in my pocket. And uh, like, then you got you got you got back from uh, going to college out there, Tennessee, and you know we kicking it, we figuring it out, getting getting shit right, and then uh, you know that's Eric and Derek. That's when they they was really like balling. They was feel me. They was right. some major weight and all that, and. Uh, that's when Cuz end up getting getting killed, man. Now, now pause right here, man, because this is what 1998, yeah. uh, and um, it's important for everybody listening right now to know that at this time, I am 19. Uh, I think Alvin had just turned 20, 
or I was 18 and he had just turned 19. And um, at this time when our cousin Derek gets murdered. Now, now let's go back to earlier in this podcast when we were talking about our, when we first met, when he and I first met and our two cousins that hooked up and had a baby. So our cousin Derek, uh, his cousin Derek by blood uh, was murdered. And our auntie Sharon, she had only had two kids, two, two boys, Derek and Eric, um, born 10 months apart. They were like twins. They looked just like each other. Um, so Derek was murdered uh, two weeks after I came home from college. We're going to pause right here because 1998 was such an interesting time for us both. And by the time we had linked back up, it was by unusual circumstances in both of our lives where we were trying to do something different and better with our lives. And then something went left. Something unexpected happened to land us back in Frisco almost at the same time around the time something tragic happened. So we're going to pause right here because the next podcast we do with Alvin, we're going to talk about 1998 specifically, specifically 1998, y'all, because in 1996, we lost Pop. In 1997, we lost Big. 1998, we're coming and going through not right <laughs> like, like it's not right that at this age we are going through what we're going through it just it, it was it was touch and go to say the least would you agree it's not normal <laughs> <laughs> hey um but thank you for coming on the show bro i love you man and uh uh you know you're gonna be coming back of course but um i want to just share this with you right now man and and this is for any other brother that has gone through um a turbulent time or a turbulent life and they're still breathing a day no matter what you're going through just know that you're not alone but i'm going to give you this right now man um in this moment and you and i have talked before and about how we've been there saved each other's lives at times and things like that yeah i just wanted to let you know man had it not been for you being around uh and going through what you had gone through as a child i don't think you would have had the tools to even share with brothers like me or other brothers like d or whoever was around our age to help us get through a situation or get through a time in life like if that that's like somebody coming before you and 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 giving you guidance or wisdom of what not to do or what you should do but you went through so much at a young age you were able to do that for the brothers around you your peers you know what i'm saying you were able to say hey man it's time to leave where somebody else is oblivious to the danger that they might be around that's right you know what i'm saying many so, many accounts on me, <laughs> we, we will talk about that on the next podcast too. Because in 1998, boy, ah, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna drop one with y'all right now. I'm gonna give y'all an uh, an example of what I'm talking about <laughs> right now. Um, 
1998. Let me see. We were robbing motherfuckers to make a living every day, every night. Oh, no, oh, my bad. Go ahead. And we got to look at the statue of limitations. Oh, can I can I say that? What we could talk about in this next podcast, man? Because, like I said. 1998 was a turbulent time. Listen, <laughs> I am the podcast host. I am positive. I am about uplifting, but I got to share with y'all the ups. I mean, the downs as well as the ups. Everything wasn't all gravy growing up. Everything wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't always uplifting growing up. And even though we did our thing, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't, We. how do I say this? It, we still had good intentions. Like it, it was. It, it's like, yeah, you party on the weekend, but you know you got to get up to go to work on Monday. It's like you, you, you kick it, but you still, you know, you still got to handle business because the people that are that are your family members, the ones that are making a way for you or that are um, uh, looking for you to make moves to not be like them or to be better than them or you know, to live up to your potential, you don't want to let them down. And you know that they, they're not going to stand by while you just self-destruct. That was the type of in, uh, accountability that we grew up with. Right. So, so 1998 is very interesting because we didn't give a fuck about any of that. <laughs> we, we didn't care about none of that. We got it in in 1998. It was going down. You're talking about 18, 19 years old. We're pushing Cadillacs with systems in it. We got wads of money in our pocket. We're doing any and everything we want to do. Like we were grown men. And, and, and the crazy part about it is, is that if you would look at us, you would think, oh, these are just young dudes. We didn't have our pants sagging, no. We didn't uh, speak disrespectfully to our elders, no. We handled ourselves with class at times when we were around uh, in, in that environment. Right. But, um, you know, after we leave grandma's house or after we leave the job, it's like, what are we about to get into? And most of the time it was ah, illegal. <laughs> it was illegal. It was... Uh, it was uh, derogatory. I. It was. We did some pretty crazy shit. Hell yeah! <laughs> we get into it though, man. <laughs> yeah, we gonna have to get into it, man. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> yeah, we we gonna have to. Yeah, yeah. Some, part two. Some, part something two to come to mind, y'all. <laughs> part two is coming up, y'all. So stay tuned for that. This is the Black Man's Heart Podcast. Yo, by the way, also, y'all, email us. Hit us up on IG. Uh, uh, the email is thebmhpodcast at gmail.com. IG is the Black Man's Heart underscore podcast. Hit us up, man. Ask us any kind of questions. Let us know what you want to talk about, uh, what you want us to discuss, all of that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll talk about it. If you want to come on the show, if you have a business, if you have uh, uh, something that you want to promote, let us know, man. We can put it on the air for you. So it's all love. Hey, till the next time, man, y'all just stay tuned. I don't know what to tell y'all. It's like that scene in, in Poetic Justice when Pac was like, y'all just hold on. 
because there are no seatbelts back there. Y'all just hold on because we're about to go deep in the, in the next one. All right, bro. You want right, to say a shout out to anything? Man, shout out to everybody listening. That's all. Sure. Till the next time, y'all. Peace. All right, later, bro. Later.